you by Ed, and you're listening to my favorite Smallville podcast, Starfield House of L. Hi, this is Ken calling from Houston, Texas, and you're listening to Starfield House of L. Hi, this is Parker, and you're listening to Starfield House of L. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 53 of Starkville's House of L. I'm your host, Derek Russell, and we're here today coming off the hills of Comic-Con from last weekend. Huge deal. Always a big deal. Big Smallville presence this year. So much, in fact, that a full panel discussion took place with Al Miles, Laura Vandervoort, Phil Morris, who plays Martian Manhunter, Justin Hartley, who played Oliver Queen last season, and uh, Erica Durantz, who plays Lois Lane, just this huge panel they did an autograph session before and uh it got mobbed and they actually had to shut it down right before the panel so we've got pictures and all that uh news and goodness from that a lot of spoilers came out of it we're going to save those for the end one big thing we can tell you from uh that end of the story is that there is a second wave of action figures smallville action figures coming out uh for you know for for you to play with. No, uh you know there's a there's a wave 1 back at season 1 it was Lex, Clark and Alana. And now there's actually going to be a second wave uh including the Justice League. Uh it's going to have Green Arrow, Impulse, uh Clark, Cyborg, Aquaman. Rumors are there might be a Bizarro figure coming out right after that. So it's going to be a pretty big deal. There were some prototype pictures from the show. We'll put those up in the feed. And, uh, yeah, it, it, they look great. And I think it's, uh, great that they're doing that for the fans. That's something different that a lot of series don't do. So that was really cool. Like I said, everything else from Comic Con, kind of spoilerish. Gonna hold on to that till the end. But some great news that lies within that. Um, because all that there really is a Smallville stuff from Comic Con uh, this year, and we don't have a lot else to talk about that's not spoilerish, I'm gonna do a little something different this week. Uh, we get a lot of people always asking us why we don't read a lot of emails. A lot of podcasts devote at least maybe half their show to listener fan base, read emails, listen to voicemails, and why do we don't do that? Well, I pride myself on answering just about any email that comes into Shoes Inbox. It is hard. We do get a lot. Um, I know Houston reads them too sometimes, and it, it just gets bogged down. We can't always get it. We definitely cannot find time to get it into every episode because you have a three-hour House of L episode on your hands, and while that's great for you guys to be able to listen to us for that long, uh, it's kind of hard for us to talk that long, and we need some water, uh, lots of it, after all is said and done. So it's hard to find you know, what's uh, what's good to read, what's not good to read, Um What's just asking us personal questions? What's something that would be good to broadcast out in front of everybody? So it's hard to find that medium. So what we're going to do today, actually, is take some emails, some past emails, some past voicemails, some new ones that have come up over the past few days that uh, we thought would be good. And I'm just going to answer them for you guys. Uh, kind of a little Q&A. Tucker and uh, Graham actually did this back with uh, The Tenth Wonder back in, um, ooh, right when the season ended. And it was a pretty cool little episode. 
So I thought I'd do the same thing here. Uh, it is just me today. I'm sorry for that, but it's a little bit more one-on-one -on -one with me and you guys. Kind of find out, uh, you know, what I, my take on a few of these questions might be, so you wouldn't be influenced by, you know, any other hosts that would be on today. Uh, but in the meantime, before we get to those, I do want to say you can check us out at houseofelpodcast.com. You are uh, probably listening to us in our MP3 or AAC feed. If you listen to the AAC and you need the MP3, head on over to our website. You can switch that real quick. You can go to our iTunes and subscribe to the MP3 or AAC as well. While you're there, feel free to leave us a comment, leave us a rating. Boost it up so people will know uh, what show to listen to. Listen to Shoe. Uh, you can check out our forums. Forums are a great place to find out what's going on with Shoe and uh, some more listener fan base. You can check those out at forums.houseofelpodcast.com. And always email us at mail at houseofelpodcast.com. It's, uh, yeah, that's a lot of words. So in the meantime, I just want to say that uh, I appreciate all the listeners, and I appreciate everybody that always goes to the website and always checks us out. We've uh, we prided ourselves uh, during Comic-Con. We were the first on the Internet with all the Smallville scoop. We had uh, some correspondents sitting out in the audience. Uh, Kim and Dave were actually both there snapping pictures for us. Kim actually had her phone up to the speaker. I got to hear the whole Smallville panel as it was happening live. So not as cool as being there, but not as bad as sitting at home going, man, I really wish I'd gone. I was still doing that, but I, I was able to listen to it on the phone while I was saying that too. They did uh, air a teaser for season seven uh, at the panel, which uh, has not been available to the public yet. Kind of thought maybe at the end of Freak last night on the CW, we might have seen it. We did not. Uh, it'd probably be a little bit longer. You know, it's it, we're still in hiatus, so it's going to take a little while to get to some of that stuff. But that being said, I just want to say, check us out on our website. Go to our store. We've got shoe t-shirts. We've got James Carrington CDs. Very soon, hopefully by mid-August, you will be able to purchase all of Season 1 of Star Wars House of L, Episodes 1 through 18. Uh, some great stuff in there. Some, some not just episode-based stuff, since it did happen all during last summer and the break between Season 5 and Season 6. Uh, some great discussions between myself, Tucker, and Houston, a review of Superman Returns. Uh, one, uh, there were three episodes devoted to Tucker's favorite episodes, my favorite episodes, Houston's favorite episodes. There's some really cool stuff in there. It's going to be available for a really, really cheap price, 18 episodes, around $8. You are not going to be able to beat that. Um, I, I wish you know we could just give them away to you, but for some sketchy reasons, we can't. Not going to be able to, so we want to get those out to you the easiest way we can. We thought this was going to be the best way, so that the People who really wanted to hear them, we're going to be able to check them out. So, all that is said and done, and I'm going to get to some emails real quick. Hey, what the heck? How can you leave me in the Phantom Zone? Gosh, I got transported to New York. I'm here in New York now. Thanks, Derek. Will? Is that you? Yes, me. What are you? Bronze is going to be in the Phantom Zone. You're yeah. alive? Yeah, man. I had to fight so many things. I don't even have words for them. Oh, my gosh. You ma I can't believe you made it out. Where Where are you? You're in New York? Yeah, New York, dude. Good Lord. What are you but doing cool. up there? I, I like it up here. Yeah. What are you doing up there, man? Right now, I'm acting. <laughs> Who You're... knows that people would want people from the Phantom Zone to act in plays? Oh, man. You didn't bring anybody out with you, did you? Sorry? You didn't bring anybody out of the Phantom Zone with you, did you? Uh, I don't think so. 
Okay. Well, we'll just try and keep it that way. We don't want any of them running around right now. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually doing uh, House of L right now. I'm uh, I'm taking some emails and answering some questions. You want to answer an email with me? Dude, heck yeah! All right, let me let me read it to you real quick. It says uh, it says, uh, "Hey guys, this is from William." It says, "Hey guys," uh, it says, "I want you to know that on the Xbox Live 360 under the Clips channel for the video store, you can download the full panel discussion from Smallville from this year's Comic Con. Figured I would all let you know." But he wanted to ask us, how did we get into Superman and Smallville? Thanks for everything, William. Will, how did you get into... I know how you got into Smallville. How did you get into Superman? Well, Superman, let's see. My dad owned a comic shop a while ago, which was awesome, because I got to read all the comics for free, you know, basically. And uh, so I've been around comics all my life. And, of course, Superman is, you know, the symbol. He's the archetype, you know what I mean? So I always liked him. And and then, of course, I saw Smallville, and I was like, it looks interesting, but I never had time to watch it very much. And then Derek was like, dude, you need to watch the show. You, Well, you, Derek, you, Derek, Me, not Derek. another Derek. <laughs> was like, you need to watch the show. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. Try it out, and I loved it. And the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> I, uh, I always, yeah, I, too, always read the comics growing up. I always watched the cartoons. I can remember sitting in front of the TV watching Lois and Clark, and then when Smallville Heck came along, I remember when Smallville came along, I was like, "Another show? I'm there, man!" Uh, you know, hadn't missed an episode. So great stuff. Well, you know man, how excited I am for Dean Kane coming on Smallville next season. Is that not going to be insane? <laughs> He's going to be crazy, man. Crazy. We're we're going to talk about that here at the end of the show. But I, I'm so glad you called in. I'm glad to know you're alive. Yeah, man. Well, that is terrific. Well, can you come back down here sometime? Maybe do an episode with us? I will definitely try. All right. With all my heart. Well, be careful up there in New York. It could be worse than the Phantom Zone. Don't worry. If somebody tries to fight with me, I will use my bare hands. <laughs> Take it easy, Will. <laughs> you too, dirty. Okay, you're on House of L with Derek. Who's this? Hey, Derek, how you doing, sir? It's Chuck from Krypton Fan. Hey, Chuck, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm actually doing an episode right now. We, we've, uh, you know, there's been a lot of news from Comic Con, but I thought that we would do a big question and answer episode and try to, uh, you know, tell everybody what's going on, uh, you know, in the pipeline. So. Well, wow, I, I, I'm glad I called in right now. Sounds like I came in at a good time, well, huh? Man, I've got some emails. You want to help me answer them real quick? I'd love to if you'd, if you'd like me to. I would sure. love for you to. This one is from uh, Taylor in Nashville. Taylor says, wow, shoe, tenth wonder, and tangent. You guys are like pioneers, and shoe is by far the best. Your brute, yeah, I can't talk today. Your brutally honest view of the show and the underlying humor is what makes me coming back for more. I especially love the interviews. They're so in depth, and there's almost no question left unasked. But there is thing I w- there is one thing I want to ask you. If you were writing the series finale, how would it all end for Clark? Looking forward to episode fifty three. Man, that is a packed question right there. That is a, a, a difficult question to answer and a complex one with a lot of different answers, I imagine, from a lot of people. I've had numerous thoughts on it myself, as I'm sure you have. Well, what, where, what, what direction would you take it if you, were, if you were at helm of the ending? Well, I mean, it all comes down to whether or not we would actually see Clark in the suit, and it seems that we will not from everything we've heard, right? Right. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, there's there's been so much talk about the issue, and I would just I I think that it almost seems imperative that we at least see the flight, and that of course would not stick to the famous no flights, no tights rule. But I, based on what we've been hearing, maybe we're gonna. You think we're going to see some? I think the I think the embargo on that is going to be lifted here by the end. <laughs> yeah, well, it would certainly be a, a great ending to see uh, Clark either flying to the Fortress of Solitude or at least be able to see something of that that S before the final moments. I know a lot of people have an idea of getting to see him running down the alley, tearing open the shirt, seeing the S in the final moment. I myself would love to see it go a little further than that, but. Probably wishful thinking there. Yeah, you want to leave on a dramatic note like that. Yeah, John Schneider always said he wanted, if he was in charge of the ending, he would have it where Clark hears something. He runs upstairs in the Kent farm to a to a closet. There's a shot of a rusty doorknob. He opens the door. You just see the cape hanging there. He grabs the cape. The door slams shut, and that's the end of it. Would that ending be satisfying for you? Yeah, because it's that dramatic note. I almost don't want to see what he's going after if it was going to be something like that. Like if if he heard something and he was running down the alley and ripped the shirt open and we see the S, I don't want to know what he's going after. I just want to know that he's he's going to go fix it, whatever it is. I don't I don't I don't want, I don't need to know what the problem is as long as I know he's there now and he's got the suit on. Right, but, I, I definitely can agree with that. You know, I don't, I don't think he's going to have the suit, and I'm kind of glad he's not. I wouldn't mind seeing something kind of funny like Tom holding a pair of red boots, you yeah. know, and like, <laughs> I'm supposed to wear these, and that'd be the end of it. Something, you know, it's got to end on a on a high, funny note at, at some point. I mean, it's going to end bad for Lex, but then again, if we're lasting till season eight and there is no Michael Rosenbaum, chances are he might not be around, but I, I would hope they would have Lex in the finale. Now, yeah, do, you, do you think that the season eight idea is uh, plausible at this point? I do. I, th- I think they can. I think they can stretch that. I think they've got some stories left to tell, right. and uh, right. I'd be interested to see what direction because that would be the most different season probably ever. Cause, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. That they're completely grown up. Uh, by that point, they should technically be out of college uh, if they ever go back. Uh, <laughs> no, no Lex. You know, he's nowhere to be found because he's left wherever his, he is gone. Whatever they write for Mo- Michael in the script. Uh, I think it'd be the most different season of all, and I think they could. It would give them a chance to play with a lot of new characters, a lot of new scenes, uh, surrounding areas. Um, you know, Alan Moss said at some point, you know, it has to end. At some point, he goes to the fortress, he puts on the suit, and becomes Superman. I, a lot of people read into that. I think that that was exactly what they were going to do, and I yeah. think they were more making mention of the original film. I should no, hope I so. That too. Um, yeah. You know, it's at some point that's what happens. He goes to the fortress, he talks to Jor El, he puts on the suit, and he flies out. Right. Um, but I don't want it to be some cop out to where he's, you know, he's like in training at the fortress and that's how it ends. Now, if he had a really meaningful, probably the most meaningful talk he's ever had with Jor-El in all eight seasons of the show by that point, I, I wouldn't mind it ending there. If Jor-El, you know, said that it was some fatherly son discussion, not, oh, yeah, me either. not me either. this is your mission, this is your destiny, blah, blah, blah. Some, you know, real sit down talk. Even if, <laughs> even if that was the first time we saw Terrence Stamp was in the, series finale i would be fine That'd be with terrific. that that would be a great thing to see him in the final episode that it, would be wonderful if i was going to end it and this would have been pre-season four mm-hmm. it, it would have have been him cloaked in some way not like batman cloaked, but more uh kind of red and blue-esque cloaked and he saves a girl named lois and that'd be the end of oh it. boy so that would take us yeah back to 
so the the moments at the end would just be the introduction of Lois on right, the huh? right. Boy, that that would have been a definitely different take on what's going on, wouldn't it? And I guess they could still do that. It's just you know, it's whatever Alan Miles think up of how Lois isn't going to remember Clark in the red and blue outfit three yeah. years from now. So. I don't know. Great question, though, Taylor. That's really in-depth. It's something I always like to ask people that are on the show, too, How, especially ones that have written and directed for the show, how they would uh, tie up all loose ends and, and put sure. the final nail in the coffin, so to speak. Uh, I guess that's bad to say towards John Schneider, but <laughs> you, you kill Papa Ken often. But anyways, uh, we've got a voicemail from David from St. Louis, Missouri. I'll play all this right. real quick for you. Okay. Hey, Shoe Crew, this is David from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I was just calling to tell you guys, you guys are doing an excellent job. I love the show. I look forward to it every week. Uh, it was killing me when, when you guys were trapped in the Phantom, Phantom Zone. I was just waiting for a, a new podcast from you guys. Uh, I've got a couple questions. One, I'm thinking about getting into doing a podcast myself, and I was wondering what type of equipment you guys use, uh, what brands and stuff like that. Um, the next was, the next question and last question is, I know it'll probably never happen because they've pretty much said so that Batman or Bruce Wayne will never be on Smallville, but if for some reason a miracle would happen and he would actually come to Smallville, what, what would you guys want the story to be? Like, what would be his reasonings to come, for coming to Smallville? and stuff and what kind of story arc would you like him to have would you like him to be in multiple episodes or just one episode guest appearance um anyway i'll talk to you guys later bye great questions david uh podcasting my first uh response to that is why would you want to do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's my question too, oh Derek. <laughs> gosh uh, no i'm just kidding podcasts podcasting can be fun but when you get your plate full there's 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 havoc to be wreaked. Um, what we use uh, here for Shoe Tenth Wonder and Tangent is uh, we use MXL 990 uh, microphones, and uh, we uh, we all have Mac. So it's well, we all by that I mean me and Graham have uh, Macs. We use GarageBand because that's one of the best audio softwares out there. Uh, we've got Behringer mixers. We've got uh, Sennheiser uh, headphones. It's it's pretty good little setup over on this end and we've worked hard over the past year to get it sounding just the way we want it and be able to hear it just the way we want it so we're we're proud of it and uh but yeah by the end of it we just pipe everything through GarageBand we we do the AAC we edit it all in GarageBand and export it and upload it for you guys what about you Chuck what all do you use it all works wonderful Derek everything that you do always sounds terrific and looks terrific as well thank you I am not on Mac myself everything is uh, with our standard PCs with me, and of course my my equipment is all um, quite a bit of interesting audio equipment that I have had for a number of years. Uh, some old work that I did was in the DJ business, and I had some equipment from that period of time, and I brought it all back out to produce the podcast each week. And of course, it's uh, it all works out very well at the end of the day. I hope everyone enjoys what they hear. It's just quite a daunting task to keep a podcast going every week but i think like derek said it's definitely worth doing because uh you know you get great questions like the ones we're hearing today and it's definitely worth the time when you hear how much of a fan someone is you really get an idea of who's watching the shows that you enjoy so much when you do something like this 
Oh, definitely. I always, yeah. I always go back to the fact that I said if only ten people listen to House of L, I'd still do it for those ten people. So it's always worthwhile to do right. something and have people email in and say they enjoy what you're doing. So, no question. Uh, but that's cool, and you always do. You always sound great too, Chuck. So thank you, Derek. It it just goes to show it doesn't matter what you have laying around, you can make it work, uh, that, David. That's exactly what it does show. Yes. So that's a good question. Now, as far as Bruce Wayne goes, mm. uh, that is. Uh, that's sketchy water in the Smallville universe. Is that the twice attempted attempts to bring him in, and then and now the the uh, final, you know, they they won't be able to do it. I mean, they they basically said it at Comic Con the other day. It won't be happening. Uh, it'd be great if it did, but um, if I had to choose between an appearance of Bruce Wayne on Smallville and Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, I'm gonna have to go with Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Because uh, I would much rather see the films, you know, see a good two and a half hour Batman film than. A 42-minute episode of Bruce Wayne in, in Smallville. As cool as that may be. Now, if if you were bringing him in, what would you do, Chuck? Well, the idea I've always had is, and I think there might have been some allusion to this some time ago, I, I've always imagined that Bruce Wayne and perhaps Lex would be, uh, or at some point had been in school together, perhaps they would, Bruce would just be starting up some form of Wayne Enterprises. Maybe we'd see a little corporate battle between Luther and Wayne, with Clark somehow stuck in the middle, I think a lot of it would have to be, being that we'd probably be uh, at least well pre-Batman, I would think. We're going to probably just be seeing a lot of the corporate side of Bruce Wayne, depending on the age he would be. Like I said, if he would be around the age of Lex, I think we could see some great wars between two comic book icons in quite a uh, battle of the titans, don't you think? I agree completely. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I always thought it'd be fun to see it be Bruce just now taking over, just reaching his you know twenty first birthday or whatever, uh, him taking over Wayne Enterprises because mm-hmm. um, you know he's been underage, he's just been a shareholder to this point, and now he actually gets to follow in his father's footsteps and takes right. over the company, and you know especially after season six at Wits with uh, with Oliver and Lex, the three big uh, you know big millionaire playboys oh absolutely so i think that'd be fun i actually this is showing my age i don't think i've ever said this on house of l before (laughs) i back in season one this is the only time i ever did this and no offense to you listeners if you do this because i i don't read them but i i did a fan fiction one time oh and that was (laughs) that was the end of it i read it and i got like half wow that's awesome and half that's crap uh, and I was like, yeah, that's about the end of that. Um, but I had, I've written one one time, and it was, uh, uh, I don't know, this is, this is I'm, I don't even know why I'm t- telling this. Uh, Bruce had gotten amnesia and for some reason was ended up in Smallville. And it was a good, like, five-episode arc, but uh, actually I don't even think I finished the thing. I think it was more just a synopsis of the whole thing, but uh, which doesn't make me sound as, you know, off for saying this. But... Um, <laughs> You didn't actually see, like, the the term Bruce Wayne came up in the first couple episodes, but you didn't see him until maybe the last two, but Alfred actually came to Smallville, and you would actually see Alfred and Clark working together to try to find Bruce. Uh, How did you envision Alfred in the series? Well, he was younger, you know, because because Bruce was in his early 20s at that point, and then, Mm -hmm. of course, this was season one, so he would have been... You know, a little bit older than Clark. You know, mm-hmm. Lex is what six, maybe five, six years five, older than Clark, five, six, roughly. Say, yeah. So he was about that age. So he may have been just at twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was, it was a younger Alfred. It was, 
he was still, but he was still the caretaker. He was still, you know, looked after Master Bruce like, uh, like he was his own son. So, you know, it was that, and then it was ended up being something Lex. I don't even know, but Lex had taken Bruce hostage for something. Had people taken Bruce hostage. You know, I'm gonna quit talking because it just sounds stupid now that I rehash it in my mind. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's the the tough part. I think the hardest part about it would be how to connect him to Clark and have them sort of at least somehow teach one another something, you know, because obviously if you're going to go this far and bring that character in, you'd want to see each one of them come out of it with something memorable that will help them in the future of their careers as these world-renowned superheroes. Well, that's the little reading rainbow moment they like to give us on all Smallville episodes where another hero comes in. (laughs) They always help each other, and you don't have to take my word for it kind of It always ends up with somebody saying that uh, Clark has assisted them in some way, made them a better person, whatever the case. But um, now, six years later, I agree with you, Chuck. I think it needed to be some kind of corporate battle. I don't think there would be trouble with Wayne Enterprise being mentioned at this point. I don't see how that could be a problem. Well, Um, with the consistent, there's been several references to Gotham now. Yeah, yeah. I just like if some kind of Luther Corp shareholders meeting, something about Wayne Enterprises is mentioned. Because, I mean, we had mention of uh, of uh, Queen Industries in the pilot episode. Oh, sure, so, right off the top. First yeah, thing on, one of the first yeah. things you see. So, yeah. great questions, David. I've got another, you got time for another email here, Chuck? Sure do, go All ahead. All right, this is from Alex from Louisville, Kentucky. He says it's he is our, or he or she, I'm not real positive. Because Alex can go either way. But uh, you're number one Shuligan, so that's what the fans have deemed themselves. Uh, Hi, Shoe Crew. I started listening to your podcast at the beginning of season five, and I don't think that's possible, Alex, because we didn't show up until season six. But (laughs) appreciate you thinking we were back that far. I wish we had been around for a while. Um, Chuck, you were were there from January on. Right at the right at the week of lockdown in season five is when I started. Right before reckoning, you came yeah. in at a pivotal point. Yeah, in, right. In the right. series, uh, but um, yeah, we we did the finale of uh, season six finale. We did Vessel, and then had the summer, and then we came back with the Zod, or the season five finale. Excuse me. Uh, but uh, anyway, Alex says that loved it and eagerly awaited the podcast over the hiatus this summer, and I can't wait for the upcoming season. I love your spoilers, but I would like to know why the crap Pete, why the crap Pete hasn't returned to Smallville, and if y'all know if he's coming back this season. Thanks for keeping me up posted. You guys rock. P.S. Mm. It sucks. Will had to leave. <laughs> Will's dead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> poor, Will. poor Will. It was sad. It was sad. Well, he, he had it coming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he just won too many times talking up in the Phantom Zone. We had to leave him for dead. Oh. What you actually don't see in that shot is Tucker at his feet pulling him down off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. Uh, yeah, Pete. Um, yeah. Sam Jones left at the end of, well, almost the end of season three. He had a couple episodes left. Mm-hmm. To you know, pursue some other things, do some other acting. He had a good long stint on ER, which he still has a recurring role every once in a while. And uh, but you know, you hate it because Pete left. Now they did they did open up the ground for Chloe to come in and kind of be Clark's new best friend uh, after Pete left. Now, granted, it was almost a full year later before Chloe found out about Clark's secret, and then it was still the season five premiere before even Clark found out that she knew about it. So. It was still a good little while there where we really didn't feel like Clark could trust anybody uh, right. after Pete left. Uh, they've tried twice, I think, to bring Pete back in. They, and um, 
spirit, they wanted him to be Chloe's prom date. Um, uh, yeah, I think I've yep. got that right. Yeah, they wanted yeah, him yeah, to be Chloe's prom date. Yep. And then and uh, Jinx, they wanted uh, Pete's football team to actually be the opposing team uh, against uh, Smallville uh, that time around. So they've tried it twice for this, and scheduling differences wouldn't work out with Sam. So, uh, but we have heard Alamal say within the past, I guess, six months that this felt like this season feels like the time to bring him back. Um, I would love to see multiple episodes with Sam. I doubt that'll happen. I'm sure it'll be a one episode kind of thing, probably mid season before the Justice League comes back into play. Uh, what do you think, Chuck? Well, you know, it's, it's tough because it, you, you see something like Jonathan Kent's funeral go by and you don't see Pete return for that. So then, if you would have seen him, for example, return for something like a football game or a prom, I, you know, and not for, for a Agreed. funeral, Agreed. Um, you know, there's where you come into some problems. But obviously, having Pete back, I think, would be, would be key, especially in the coming season. I mean, as so many things have changed for Clark since Pete left, I mean, he has a lot to catch up on, no doubt. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. Definitely, and it's not like Clark just you know can't run over there real quick and go talk to him. But I know, and there's not even it, you. It would be nice to at least see Clark on the telephone, you know, hanging the phone up and saying, "Oh, that was Pete." You right, know, right. Well, or you I, know, got, just, I got an email from Pete. Something. Right, right. Just, just something. I got an email or a call or, or I'm going to visit him over the summer or you know something. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, they they won't throw us a bone as far as that goes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Chuck, yeah. I appreciate you calling in. It's it oh, it's fun. My pleasure, What's though. going on with uh, Krypton Fan right now? Well, Krypton Fan is coming up now on its 91st episode, Man. believe it or not. And uh, a lot of things are happening. Uh, a lot still to come. Things have been great. Had a lot of great things happening. Spoke with Stacy Hyduke from the Superboy series a few weeks ago. Great time there. And a lot more things coming, hopefully. So, uh I'm glad to uh, be over here helping you out today, Derek. I, I called in at a fortuitous time, and I thank you for having me. Hey, man, I had fun. I appreciate it. What, 91 episodes? I remember when Krypton fans started. Yeah, I know you back. do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you do, too. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember it well, yes. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best on approaching episode 100, my friend. And thank I you appreciate so much, you. and always the same to you, sir. Always the same to you, Starkville House of Valley is truly appointment listening for me. I've never missed an episode. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for stepping in while we were in the Phantom Zone as well. Also my pleasure. Also my pleasure. I'm glad I could help. It was a traumatic time for you guys. And uh, the best thing I could do at that time was try to help in any way I could. I'm glad I was able to do so. It was a scary thing. It makes taxes seem a lot easier to cover (laughs) these days. but I don't want to find out for myself. (laughs) I appreciate you stopping by, Chuck. Thanks so much, Derek. Hey, you're on House of L. Who's this? Hey, Derek. John Schneider calling. John, how you doing, man? I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm surviving. I'm doing a shark movie right now, and so far... I'm winning. The sharks are losing. Oh man, that sounds like that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun time, fun time. Daryl Hannah plays my wife, so it's uh, you know they're they're tougher gigs to have. Bo Duke versus sharks. I think I'd put my money on you, anyways. Absolutely, absolutely. Sharks can't drive. It's, well, it's <laughs> well, I'm actually doing some uh, emails right now. You want to answer a few with me? Sure, absolutely. All right, this one is from. Uh, this is actually a voicemail from Knuckles Dawson. Let me play it real quick. Knuckles. 
Hey, it's Knuckles again, and I was wondering for uh, John Schneider, um, for Collier and Company, uh, where'd you get all those cars for the uh, garage scenes, namely the uh, Ferrari Enzo or the F50? I was wondering if there's any really cool stories about how you got those all in one spot. And in regards to Smallville, who was your favorite director to work under? All right, Knuckles wants to know where all those cars came from in Collier and Company. He's gotten to yeah, see the middle. I wish they came from my garage, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. There's actually a room, uh, there's one, two, in that building, there are two rooms like that full of cars. It's up in Newberry Park. I met a guy a couple of years ago, because, uh, you know, I started Collier and Company in 1984. That's when I first thought, hey, I'm going to make this movie. I met this guy at a uh, at one of those car shows you see in the parking lot. You know, it just kind of happens. Uh, he was in a some sort of a souped-up Camaro. And I had the General Lee out there. This is probably five, six years ago. And uh, the guy that's in the car with him says, hey, you should come up and see some of his other cars. They're great. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, sure they are. Well, what the heck. And I went up the hill about a mile from where this little parking lot was. He opened the door, and that's what I saw. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Enzo was there. The F50 was there. Uh, all those Lambos were there. And that was just one of the rooms. There's another room right behind it where when, uh, when Collier & Company comes out on September 18th, there's a couple shots of the other room full of cars uh, and boats and motorcycles. So it's, uh, it's really cool. It's actually in Newberry Park, California. That is a really cool scene when, when it finally when it pans out from you and reveals that you're just sitting in the middle of all those cars. I love that shot. <laughs> yeah. We shot that a couple times, actually, too. It was uh, in the script. It was supposed to be a slow reveal where the camera's down on the ground and kind of rolls back. And we did that, and that shot's on the special features, too. But it just didn't have the impact of that JR sitting there drinking a cup of coffee, looking at something we don't know what, and then bam. All those cars are there. I thought right. it wound up being much more impressive that way. Well, that's cool. And Knuckles wants to know who your favorite director was on, on Smallville to work under. Um, my favorite was a guy named Greg Beeman, yeah. who was actually, uh, I think he's running Heroes now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, great guy, terrific director, has a, a wonderful, wonderful eye for weird stuff, uh, which, of course, when you do Smallville, you need, uh, you need weird stuff. Sorry I'm making all this noise. I'm going for a golf lesson. Well, that's all right. It wouldn't be at home for you if you weren't behind the wheel of a car anyway. So. You no, know, you're right. You're right, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's not very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Greg Beeman, he's, uh, he's a terrific director, and uh, he ran the show up there for a while. Uh, I like him. I like him as a director a lot. Oh, that's great. Well, I got one more email. I'll read it real quick. This is this is from Mike from Kenya, actually. And, no kidding. And wow. Mike Mike wanted to say that uh, says I love the show and all the stories. If Smallville is ever less than what I'm looking for, it's always good to listen to you guys to make it seem better. I w wanted to ask what your favorite episode of the show is, and maybe what your favorite meteor freak from all uh, six seasons are. Thanks for the amazing work. Ah. I can't wait to hear. Uh, what you have in store for season seven? So, what's your favorite uh, episode, John? My favorite episode is kind of an old one. Uh, it was called Rogue. Yes. Um, it was before the sheriff went to jail. I think it was in season two, uh, and it was my favorite because there was a uh, there was a time where where uh, a body was found in the barn, mm -hmm. and the police were there, and Clark made a move. There, there's just a couple times in Smallville 
where the boy that is going to be Superman makes a move that is uh, wrong. He was going after the policeman, and I, Jonathan knew it. So Jonathan put his hand up and stopped Clark and then took the took the hit for this body being in the in the barn and actually winds up going to jail. So he is intensely protective of his son. But the thing that I like so much about it, uh, other than that, is the fact that Jonathan Kent is the only person in the world, as far as I know, that can physically stop Superman from doing something he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. And uh, it showed that he was willing to go to jail, and he does, obviously goes to jail. Uh, to protect his son, to protect his family. Um, and what was the second part of that? Is a favorite um, your favorite meteor freak from all the shows? My favorite meteor freak was uh, the Cool. The show was called Cool. Oh yeah, the guy yeah. That turned things to ice. Yeah. That also was early on. I been that might have been season one. Yeah, back in season uh, one. Yeah, I really liked that. Uh, because it was it was really really freaky. I love the uh, uh, when the the water in the shower hit him and turned to ice. I love that he turned the swimming pool to ice. I thought that was really good. And he also was was uh, was pained about it. This was not you know this was somebody that abused his power a bit, but he also had uh, it, it bothered him. If I if memory serves, it was not uh, it was not something where he just kind of ran around and did weird stuff. I also love The Flash. Yeah. The kid that came in and when the, that, that was really cool. <laughs> he was a great guy to work with. My my favorite episode is probably Insurgents. Uh, where Insurgents. Where Lionel and Martha are, are kept up, are uh, kidnapped on top of Luther That's Corp. When, and I got the, when I got the powers, which was the uh, the first step in the, uh, in the, the heart attack, basically. That's why... Uh, we think that that's why Jonathan Kent actually died when he did, because he used up several years of his life yeah. uh, with those powers during yeah. that, that episode and the one right after it. That was uh, the last of was that the last of season three, the first of season four? Beginning of season three. Oh, you're talking about, uh, you're talking about Exile. Uh, uh, okay. The, when Clark went to Metropolis. Uh, on the on the uh, red kryptonite is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh shoot, I got it wrong, didn't I? I was talking about the one where Clark jumps from the Daily Planet onto yeah. on, uh, from uh, yeah Daily Planet onto Luther Corp. Right. The, the first big guy. jump ever. Yeah, that's mine. Well, leap. Leap. Yeah. We'll we'll <laughs> say leap. <laughs> there we go. And of course, I love the episode that Tom Wopat was in, which uh, you know you could say was the second the second step toward Jonathan's untimely demise because that's what led him to uh, to the Senate, which led him to the barn, which led him to the confrontation with Lionel Luther. Did you like all the, uh, did you like all the Dukes of Hazard references that were on Smallville? Because there were several over, you know, your five-year stint. There were several, yeah. There was that first one was in Nicodemus uh, when the song was playing. Yeah, I like that, and it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to me, the power of Dukes of Hazard because... When people talk about Smallville, they always bring up the Dukes of Hazard references, and I think there were actually, other than, I think there were just two. There was the song being played, and then there was the car that Tom drove. There's the car. There's but one time where uh, there's one time where the sheriff says something about the the good old boy days are over or something. There's a oh, comment yeah, made yeah, at that, some point. That's true. Yeah, but he was talking about. I think he was talking about Tom. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was cute. I thought it was a joke the first time. When uh, I went to Loop do ADR for uh, Nicodemus, I went in and they were playing that 
that song on the radio, and I thought, aha, very funny. I thought it was, uh, it might actually have just been for my benefit when I went in to do ADR, but then it wound up in the show, and that's one of the things people bring up when I did uh, uh, Megacom down in um, in New Ze- or Australia. They talked about it. When I went to New Zealand, they talked about it, so it's, it's pretty amazing to me, the power of Dukes of Hazard. That's hilarious. So what's going on? The D- Collier & Company Hot Pursuit comes out September 18th on DVD, right? It does, and it's jam-packed with special features. You'll you'll actually learn a lot about how the movie was made, which I think is what special features are, are about. It's yeah. not just yuck, yuck, and, and have fun. There's a lot of that there, too. But uh, we made this thing, as I say in the introduction, out of the back of my truck. So it's, uh, it's a very informative piece. There's lots of music on it. There's interviews with cast members, and, and uh, there's... Only a couple of deleted scenes, and they're just parts of deleted scenes because when you uh, when you're making a movie out of your pocket, you don't have a lot to throw away when you're done. Right. You know, <laughs> and a deleted scene means you're ripping up checks and just to- or ripping up dollars and throwing them into the wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, and, and uh, thanks for for uh, putting that stuff together. I hope Graham has got my messages. It's just uh, it's just phenomenal. And it's so good. Oh my God. <laughs> it was fantastic. It turned out really felt, well, didn't it? Well, it felt like it, 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 it added an importance to what was going on that uh, was phenomenal. Graham, you did such a great job. And I haven't seen the gag reel, but that's apparently going to be on there, too. The gag reel is hilarious, but it's mainly that, Breet. Yeah. <laughs> mainly what? Mainly Breet. It's mainly Breet. <laughs> He's a pretty funny guy. Yeah, he is. Well, John, I appreciate you stopping by. We're uh, We're looking forward to the DVD release in September. Thanks, Derek. I appreciate it. You take care. All right. Bye. Hey, this is Derek on House of L. Who's this? Hey, Derek. This is Tim. Hey, Tim. Tim, our news writer from the website. What's going on, man? Um, Not much. I'm just uh, finished doing some things, figured I'd just give you guys a ring. Well, you did it at a perfect time. Uh, I actually just hung up with Chuck a few minutes ago from Krypton Fan. I'm actually reading some emails right now, doing a big uh, Q&A kind of thing. So you want to read a couple with me here? Sure, why not? All right, let me, time. Let, me, let me throw this one out at you and see what you think. Uh, so this is from Kevin in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Kevin says, hey guys, love the show. So glad you guys are all out of the Phantom Zone and back to keep us updated. Glad you're doing an episode to answer all of our questions. So here goes. I just want to know, how did you all meet, and what are you guys' favorite aspect of Smallville? Thanks, guys. Can't wait to hear what you have in store for Season 7 episodes. Uh, great question, Kevin. Uh, I guess, Tim, Well, I, uh, Tim, I'll let you throw out how you got involved with this first, and then I'll tell, uh, I'll, I'll tell how Tucker and Will and Houston and I all met. Well, how I got got involved with uh, with Shu is, you know, at the t- uh, you guys came out in the uh, summer, and um, I was looking for a, a new Smallville podcast. I was listening to Krypton Fan, but I was looking for something a little new. So I was cruising around, saw this Starkville's House of L. So that wasn't called Starkville's House of L back then, but but it, it looked pretty promising. It had the little explicit tag, so I decided to test it out and. I really, really liked it, and I, I sent in some, some questions, you know, about, I believe, I believe if you listen to season one episodes, if you still have them, my name's in at least the third or fourth episode, and I sent in a question about, what was it, it was about 
you know, Lionel knowing the secret, and I still maintain he found out before commencement, but I won't go there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's how I got involved with that. Then I made my own podcast, Smallville Superfan, and and then Derek emailed me. He's like, I really like what what you're doing with your podcast, and like, we should really keep a line of communication going. And we've been talking, and then I was... And the Justice episode of my podcast when Derek asked me to be the news writer and I was like, what would that entail? And then he then then he told me that, well, he would write news as it comes in and write reviews on different episodes and you can always catch those reviews on the episode and my new segments on the House of L podcast website. So that's how I got involved. Hi. Pretty detailed story and, well no not at all and it takes us takes us back because you think well that was probably seven months ago eight almost months ago now but it seems like yesterday uh as for us uh tucker and i have known each other since we were little kids like two years old our parents were friends uh wow. so we've known each other this whole way up i met houston when i came to college Houston is uh, from a town called Gulfport, which is about four hours uh, south of Starkville. And he came to Mississippi State University, and we met here. We were in a bunch of theater classes together, and I, they asked me to come. It's actually him, and I met uh, Will Cooper, too. They uh, they were both involved with the improv group on uh, at here at Mississippi State University. And uh, that time we were called Running With Scissors, and we did a bunch of great shows. And then we changed our name to uh, Lab Rats. And uh, so that's how I got involved with Will and Houston. Huge comic book fans, knew their Superman backwards and forwards. Uh, Houston uh, had been watching Smallville since the beginning. So when Tucker and I had were talking about uh, doing the show, you know, we 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 wanted we wanted to do something a lot of podcasts didn't do before. We wanted a third voice, so we brought Houston in. He was great. Uh, we could not have had a better idea than to bring him in, and then. Uh, later on in the show, it just got to be where um, we had different schedules going different ways. We all three couldn't always be there, so it felt good to bring in a fourth person just so we would always try to have two or three people around. And we, uh, I actually got Will started watching uh, uh, Smallville uh, at the end of uh, 2006. He had, he had not been watching it. And uh, I said, I, man, you don't know what you're missing out on. Great show. You would love it as much as you know Superman. And he, he got hooked. He watched season one in like five days you know just a week he had season one down then he he got season two and so within uh a month he had seen the whole series and uh so he came well, on that's how fast i did it too yeah it was, i because I, I, I didn't start from the beginning either like because i barely got into it in, like middle of season five then i got all the dvds and watched it like within a month and a half yeah well i, I and just kudos to both of y'all for getting them out that fast i mean I guess in hindsight, if I was just now getting into it, I'd be doing the same thing, just watching as much as I could, because, you know, fast-paced story, you know, one episode deals with the other, you want to know what happens next, so I, you know, by the time Will got finished, I was like, man, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the time, but I was like, you know, Houston's gone sometimes, Tucker's gone sometimes, I said, I, I, we need help, man, come on the show, and I, the fans, you know, you guys, listeners, just opened your arms to Will, and uh, apparently y'all really hated that he left, and I... I hate that he had to too. Um, he uh, he has yeah. moved up uh, way up north to New York, and he is acting right now. So he's 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 carrying on uh, some work, and he's doing good. And hopefully he'll he'll be back on shoe real soon sometime. But uh, okay. we we wish him the best up there. Houston will be back soon. So it's that's how we all uh, that's how we all met up. Um, 
But our favorite aspect of Smallville, and what would you say, Tim? Favorite aspect, I think, you know, like you were saying, the, the, the fast-paced story, and I think that the, the so, there's so many nods to, to the comic books. I mean, for a show that doesn't follow strictly to the comic book canon, there's so many references to the comic books. I mean, I mean, season six is a great example of that. Because there, I mean, I think if you were a comic book fan and wanted to watch Smallville, this would have been the season for you. Because you had Martian Manhunter, who had several outfits in, in season six that was a nod to his costume. And then you had Green Arrow, and you had the Justice League. And that's what I really like, is the growing mythology, because there's so much links to that mythology that is so inherent with Superman. And yeah, they do take liberties, you know, with adding these comic book characters, these Superman characters, before Clark is even Superman. But that, but I don't mind that so much because I just, and you know, Chuck has said this on his show on Krypton Fan that he just loves seeing these comic book characters, and I do too. I just love seeing these characters that I've read about in comics being brought to life on screen. That you know, some characters that that may not even get their own movie, but it's just real. I just love the mythology and you know, Clark's destiny and Lex's destiny and just all the relationships, and it really is a better show than a lot of people give it credit for. Definitely. I think destiny is the best word to sum up the series. My favorite aspect, and this didn't come until season two because they didn't deal with it hardly at all in season one, uh, is Kryptonian heritage, flat out. And I have have said that since season two, and I will continue to say it till the end, is anything with Jor-El, anything with the Fortress is my favorite part of the show, which is, um, while I still love season six, is why I was heavily disappointed that there wasn't more yes. fortress and everything, but you know I can understand a lot of reasons they did that. But anything dealing with Clark's destiny, pushing him towards further the man he's going to become when he grows up, pushing him towards to looking up in the sky, taking flight, anything you know where Jor El's telling him about what he, where he come from and what he is to become, and from a few spoilers which we'll get to later at the end of the show, and I know Tim have read them. Maybe we'll get to deal with a little bit more Kryptonian heritage. Uh, this upcoming season, I hope. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it definitely seems like we, like from what I've read, it definitely seems like there's going to be more Kryptonian stuff. Well, we they've got to make up for last season, in my book. Yes, and, they uh, do. And they which, do. Uh, which is, you know, last season was amazing. Uh, yeah. and, they, and they did a lot of other things with the Phantom Zone, which I'd still consider that Kryptonian heritage. I just, I miss the Jor-El Clark interaction. I miss the, the, the destiny because yeah. Clark set out on his own journey with the Phantom Zone. It, it wasn't Jor-El telling him what he needed to do. He he knew that he, you know, that he messed up and he, he had to yeah, fix what he I, did. Yeah, I really like that. And it was, it was different, you know, from, you know, previous seasons where, you know, Clark, you know, no, not dissing Smallville, where Clark was like, I didn't do what Jarrell asked me to do, wah, wah, wah. But this time it's like, I didn't do what Jarrell asked me to do, I'm going to fix it. Right. Um, I, I really like that, too. And he really was like, I'm going to start my training as soon as I, you know, nail all these phantoms. Right, so, right. So. Great question, Kevin. I've got another one. You got time for another, Tim? Yeah, I, I got time for another. Okay. Time. I've got one here from Molly from Red Bank, New Jersey. What's up, Derek? I just wanted to say she was the best, and you guys know how to do it just right. Great news and spoilers and hilarious on top of that. You must have known what you were doing to start with. No, we did not. Let me just say that right <laughs> out. It's been yeah. a it's been a huge learning curve over over you know in Mississippi of uh, of trying to figure out how to do this and how to get them out. And uh, I hope we've finally Podcasting found. Podcasting is not an easy thing, guys. Oh, I, I hope we finally found our niche for you guys after a year of trying new things. But uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, 
But I, she says, I wanted to ask uh, if you ever considered starting any other shows. I know you guys do Tenth Wonder, though I don't really watch Heroes, but you guys are funny enough to do your own stand-up. Any chance there's a new show in the works? Keep up the amazing work. You guys never disappoint. Well, Molly, uh, we actually do have another show, and uh, yeah. it kind of we kind of get lost off at the end sometimes. But Tangent is uh, myself and my, my co-host, my buddy Shane, and it is uh, just talking about the topics at hand, what's going on with movies, what's going on in the world, anything that we deem fit. We uh, we change the topic faster than we uh, we do our shoes. Faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah, faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> and uh, we've got celebrity interviews on top of that. Each week is a uh, somebody from out in Hollywood, somebody you've seen on a TV show or a film or authors or anything. They come on and they give their two cents about it, anything and everything, and they tell us what they're working on right now. And we... Uh, we took a long break to kind of rehash on things. We're at our uh, 10th episode. We'll be coming out this Monday uh, with John Wesley Shipp, who uh, played The Flash uh, from the CBS 1990s television series. And he also played on Dawson's Dad on Dawson's Creek, if you, uh, if you watch Dawson's Creek. So uh, it has been fun. Uh, Shane and I have so much fun. It's, it's probably the most fun show that we do, but it also involves the most work. But uh, the payoff has been good so far, not monetarily, but uh, uh, the uh, the listener fan base has grown exponentially just since we started. We seem to get so many more listeners every week that uh, just telling us how much they love what we do. So, uh, Molly, check out that at TangentCast.com. I hope you enjoy it. And we're also doing uh, Tim's show. Tim, you want to talk to us about Crossroads? Yeah, sure. I'll talk about Crossroads. Crossroads is a show that I just barely started. It's another show that I just fastly got caught up on because I it's it's um it's about supernatural and you know supernatural features you know it's the show right after Smallville on Thursday night on CW. <laughs> it's that and show it's, that after the Smallville trailer goes off, you hear Dad wants us to pick up where he left off. At that you know most people turn off the TV right then. Yeah, yeah, but it's a great show. I when I, when I just barely got started on it with the DVDs and iTunes. And it's really, really great show. If any of you have not watched or, you know, not really considered watching it, please watch it. I mean, it's really great. It's very underrated. More people should be watching it. It's great. But about the podcast, I'm diverting on Supernatural here, but um, about the podcast, it's, it's a podcast that I've recently started doing after I watched the uh, season two finale. I knew I wanted to do a podcast about this because there's a few Supernatural podcasts out there, and they're good, but you just... Not what I was looking for, so I decided to you know do my own thing a little bit, and I've been doing this crossroads thing. And right now we're not on iTunes; we're still working to get on iTunes. But you can find the podcast at crossroadscast.tumblr.com. That's dot t u m b l r dot com. Mm -hmm. a little weird, I know. But and you can also email what, what you think of the show to crossroadscast at gmail dot com. And I've got some really, really awesome things planned for the summer while Supernatural's on hiatus. Plan on reviewing some new Supernatural books that have come out recently and review the Supernatural Origins comics as soon as I get caught up with that. And as soon as the season starts, we will definitely hit it into high gear with that for all you Crossroads fans and Supernatural fans out there. Well, it's a, it's a great show. Tim came to me and said, you know, he wanted to do it, and I said, I'll be glad to help any way I have. So he asked me to produce it a little bit. Uh, it is 
now in the same line of uh, Shoe, Tenth Wonder, and Tangent, the uh, fourth one is now Crossroads Cast. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and I can tell you have fun with it. Um, I don't like to listen to the whole thing, though, because for some reason about Supernatural, I don't always like to be spoiled. So I try to skip around a little bit. Uh, but uh, I do really enjoy it, and I think you're doing a great job over there. Thanks. So, but thank you for calling in today. It's just random occurrence. All random occurrence. All you friends calling in to talk on the show today. But uh, uh, I mean, it's just your day, I guess. I guess so. I'm I'm a little scared to think of who might call next if this keeps up. So anyway, thanks, Tim. We'll talk to you later, buddy. No problem. Bye. Go ahead, caller on House of L. Who's this? Hey, it's Steve DeKnight calling in. DeKnight, what are you doing, man? What are you doing calling me here? I told you never to call me here. <laughs> uh, you know, that's an invitation to do exactly that. So I here hear I that. am. I How's it going, that. man? It's going all right. What about yourself? You know, no complaints. Living the dream, living the dream. I hear you. Well, I'm actually in the middle of a show right now. Everybody keeps calling in. Uh, I'm doing some uh, voicemails right now. You want to answer a few of them with me? Uh, you know, I like nothing better than answering a few voicemails. All right. uh, hit me with them. All right, this one's from Alina. Hey, Starkville. I'm Alina, and I'm from California. I'm a new time listener. I've been listening for about a month now, and I have a quick question. I heard that Michael Rosenbaum's going to leave after season seven, and if he does leave, wouldn't that be the end of Smallville? I mean, no, there's no one that can replace Michael Rosenbaum. Have you guys heard about this, and what do you guys think? Uh, think. Well, thanks for your time and making an amazing podcast for Smallville listeners everywhere. Thank you. Bye. Season 8 without Michael Rosenbaum? Did you not hear about this? <laughs> uh, well, I want to know. Here's my question for uh, Elena, is it? Elena, Elena, uh, yeah. Elena, Elena. Season 8 without Michael Rosenbaum. How about Season 7 without Steve DeKnight? That's Come what on. I'm talking about right there. Season that's 7. The, that's the real concern <laughs> that everybody should be in an uproar over. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, uh, yeah, from what I heard before I left, and, you know, I, I don't see the contracts or anything, but um, from what I understood, he was contracted through Season 7. Um, will he return for season eight? Uh, who knows? You know, honestly, it all depends on how things go for season seven. And, uh, you know, the almighty deal, um, there's absolutely no guarantee that Smallville itself will go in eighth season. Right. Uh, I know that's the plan from what I had heard. That's what everybody wanted to do. But uh, you never know. You never know in Hollywood what, what might happen. Uh, our, our plan back when I was on Angel was to go eight seasons. So... Yeah, you just don't know. Uh, I certainly hope Michael will come back. He's an important part of the show and just a great guy that I loved working with. I do, too. I just don't know who the, what the uh, the adversary would be in Season 8 without Lex being around to, to pit against Clark. Uh, you know, you'd have to roll in Dark Side, you know? Oh, definitely. That, is that really going to work? Uh, I don't know. Either that or bring back Brainiac as a different actor or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, which is something we had talked about. Really? We talked about at one point uh, having Brainiac return as a different actor. Um, I think a female Brainiac would be pretty interesting twist to the show. We had absolutely talked about that. I think there was one moment in the room where we were kicking around bringing back somebody uh, as Brainiac from the Buffy Angel world, but a female, uh, you know, an Allison Hannigan or a Charisma Carpenter 
um, you know, just a little inside something for the fans. Right. But uh, we, we moved on from that storyline. Uh, but we had always talked about having Brainiac return, uh, and as a female. Hmm. That sounds pretty interesting. I, I think it would work very well if there was an absence of Lex and they season to bring in something like that. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, but moving on, this one is from this voicemail is from Knuckles. Knuckles. It must be from Jersey. Yeah, I one think of my people. It's actually from uh, Vancouver, as a matter of fact. Uh, Knuckles from Vancouver yeah. must have relocated back in the day. <laughs> Hey, this is David Drager, a.k.a. Knuckles Dawson, coming to you from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I have a question for uh, Stephen tonight. Uh, I'd like you, if possible, to name two of your favorite moments from Smallville, one being from an episode that you had no part in, and the other being from an episode that you were directly involved in, be it writing, directing, or otherwise. My favorite moment that I didn't have anything to do with, uh, there's so many of them, uh, I think my absolute all-time favorite moment that I didn't have my sticky hands on was the opening to season four where Clark, as Cal-El, launches himself into the sky and takes off. The whole flying sequence was just phenomenally done. I mean, it was just everything you would imagine for Superman to take flight. And, and quite honestly, I thought... Uh, the visual effects people did a better job than they did in the movie. Uh, in the movie, yeah, he was flying around and it was cool, but it didn't have the same impact. Uh, you know, the contrails, the launching, the wide shot of of Martha with Clark's streaking through the sky like a ICBM missile. <laughs> um, it, it was just phenomenal, and all the stuff in the air of him flying with his black shirt fluttering. It was it was just everything you could possibly want. I'm still stunned that we pulled that off on yeah. television. I agree completely. That, that would be one of my favorite moments that I had nothing to do with. Uh, one of my favorite Smallville moments that I had something to do with. Hmm, that's a hard one. You've you've impacted many great episodes, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm my own worst critic, so that's always <laughs> a tough one. Uh, you know, I certainly enjoyed doing the Justice League. Um, there's a lot of moments in there. Uh, but for me, you know, my favorite moments are, are often the small moments that, you know, really don't stand out that much. Uh, for instance, in the Justice League episode, one of my favorite moments is at the end of the episode, the conversation between Lex and Lionel, where Lex bounds upon why he's doing what he's doing, that he's actually protecting liberty and justice right. by trying to wipe out these superheroes because they're a threat to humanity. Uh, it's moments like that. And in uh, Justice, it's, it's the moment where Lex has Bart captured in the jar. It's just that exchange between those two. Uh, that's the stuff that I, I, I really, really like to do. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, <laughs> there's, of course... There's the big stuff, like in Zod, there were just so many gigantic moments that I thought James Marshall did a great job in. Um, but I tend to favor in my own episodes the, the smaller human moments. Yeah, I can follow that completely. Well, there's one more here, and I, I had to play this one for you. This one's from way back in May, but I've, I've got to play this one for you. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm Stuart Snick again. Sorry about that uh, first call, but I just want to say... Uh, Prototype was good, minus all of the Lana and the, uh, oh, the car, I can see, it's blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, it was it was good. And I'll, uh, I also uh, freaked out about that mole reference. Hold on, guys. Ah, Nick, the old prototype. Yes, my my swan song to Smallville. Uh, uh, it, it was a it was a fun episode to do. Um, I I really really enjoy uh, writing Lois Lane. Um, she's just such a great character to write for. Um, so prototype was a, a great way to go out. I I definitely I couldn't top justice and size and scope uh, and all the money we spent on it. So it was nice to do a story like this that still had something. I mean, we loved the idea of a super soldier. Um, and I got to work in the word mole, oh. which uh, I, I had promised I would try to do. And uh, there you go. I, I'm a man that keeps his promises. We fell to our knees as we watched <laughs> in great awe. Well, Steve, we appreciate, I appreciate you calling in, man. What's, uh, what's next in the pipeline for you? Well, I'm on a, a new show. Uh, I know everybody get out your hankies that I'm not coming back, but yeah. uh, everything I hear about Season 7 sounds great. I'm still in touch with everybody over there. But I'm on a new show on CBS Sundays at 8 o'clock called Viva Laughlin. And, uh, yes, that's right. It's a drama, murder mystery, dare I say musical, uh, <laughs> produced by Hugh Jackman. Uh, and he'll be in a couple of our episodes. Oh, wow. Um, and it's uh, it's a musical in the way that Dennis Potter uh, used to do musicals. Uh, for those of you who know who Dennis Potter is, the singing detective, yeah. uh, Pennies from Heaven. Um, so what we do is we actually use uh, popular modern songs that people break into. And we use the original track, and it's basically they're singing along with the original track. It's kind of like the soundtrack of your life. Right. In the first episode, we use... Blondies, one way or another, and Hugh Jackman sings this great version of uh, "Sympathy for the Devil." So it's uh, it should be a lot of fun. If it works, it's going to be fantastic. If not, uh, you know, maybe they'll let me come back to Smallville and do a few episodes. Well, definitely. When have they, have they they've greenlit the pilot for this? Have they ordered episodes or? Yes, uh, we start uh, shooting the second episode on Monday. That's great. And so you're, you're writing in a production. You're writing and directing, or? Uh, at the moment, just writing, it's, uh, it's always tricky to direct on the first-year show when you're at a certain level right. because uh, they want you to make sure the wheels aren't flying off the car. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I may be directing in the back nine, but right now I'm, I'm concentrating on uh, a hell of a lot of writing and producing. And that premieres in the fall on CBS? It premieres mid-October. Mid-October. Uh, I think they're going to premiere it uh, on a Thursday, actually, right after CSI to give us the send-off. Wow. That sounds really cool, actually. I'm glad that uh, it worked out for you after leaving the show. We we are going to miss you. Season 7 won't be the same without without your I'll, little niches, but I'll definitely have to call in sometime uh, during season 7 and give the uh the the uh the ex inside guy's opinion about what's going on. <laughs> Here's what Steve the Knight would have done. <laughs> That's right. What would Steve have done? That's just what everybody wants to hear on a show. Well, I appreciate you calling in, man. Thanks. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right, what the hell do you want? Hey, buddy, it's Houston. Houston? Oh, my God. The one person I actually did want to talk to this whole episode. What are you doing, man? Uh, not too much. Uh, just about done with this job up in New York City. I can't wait to get back to the podcast. You've got to get back down here so we can get started on Season 7, man. What? I've been missing you. I'm actually doing an episode right now. Uh... Doing a whole bunch of oh, email really? stuff, yeah, and uh, 
Denight called me and Schneider called me and Will called and all these people called. So it's kind of just random. You called in. I thought Will was dead. I thought he was too. He got out. And I don't know where your missing footage was of what happened to you. Where did you end up? Oh, you don't even want to know. Oh, that bad, huh? Yeah. Well, just glad to know everybody's safe and sound. Will's a little angry at us, but, uh, you know, all that dirt piled upon somebody, I guess they would be kind of mad. Well, I mean, he did seem pretty dead. I, I kicked him several times. I thought he was down. But uh, I'm actually answering some emails, so you want to go over one with me real quick? Sure. All right, this is from Dave. Dave says, uh, at Comic-Con, Alan Miles mentioned that the Justice League will return in Season 7 mid-year, bringing along old and new heroes. My question is, what famous DC characters do you think will have joined the team of superheroes? Wow, that, oh. uh, it's limitless, I tell you. <laughs> um, well... I think my A number one now, uh, seeing as how, I mean, they've already done a lot of my favorites. Like, Flash was probably at the top of my list. Yeah. Uh, but they did Impulse, so I doubt they're gonna, we're gonna see any other version of that. Right. But, uh, I wanna see Hal Jordan. I agree. That's my number one pick. I don't, you know, it, what sucks is to be the Justice League esque feel, he's gonna have to already have the ring. And I, I just don't know if they'll do that. But I really would love Hal Jordan to be. Yeah, he would be I definitely be my first pick. Yeah, I think maybe he'd just be maybe in the military or something, and like he could still be like a tough guy. Like he could still be maybe you know he could still put up his own in a fight, but he just won't have that ring just yet. See, that's what I was hoping for. Just if they did an out of context episode, it'd just be Hal Jordan, you know, military guy, and he runs into Clark somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, clear that up in one sentence. That really doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter how they meet as long as they do. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, I think Hal Jordan would be my ultimate choice. Uh, well, you think with uh, you think with having Supergirl this season that we're going to see Wonder Woman? I don't know. You know, they said at Comic Con they were still that they said Alan Miles said definitely no Batman, not happening. They're still working on Wonder Woman. Hmm. So uh, I, I think by the end it'll definitely be a possibility that we'll see Wonder Woman. Uh, I, I yeah. as long as the film doesn't get fast tracked, which I don't think it's going to anytime soon, it's it's pretty much in development hell right now. I I think there's a pretty good chance we might see Wonder Woman by the end of season eight. But uh, right. good question. That another question Dave has: so Do you think that we will ever see a physical body version of Jor El other than him possessing Lionel or some? And he has quote unquote red shirt. So, <laughs> I think that was a Star Trek reference right there. Uh I we need to see Terrence Stamp, man. We need to. I don't know. Uh, I think because in uh, in Zod, they used you know the Phantom that possessed legs looked a lot like Terrence Stamp. Right, right. So I don't I don't know if they would do it now because it might be a little confusing. Uh, looks a lot like Zod. Well, he's gotten older, you know, and he doesn't have the goatee or the white hair anymore. So, I mean, he's got the white hair now, so I, you know, it doesn't look. And they could change him up a little bit, especially if he's a. A floating head, a giant floating head. I, I, but I wouldn't mind, you know, and I'm saying this the other day, I wouldn't mind if, uh, I think I was talking about this with Chuck, if um, the last thing that we see ever, if season eight is is finally him taking some sort of human form, Jor-El talking to Clark in the fortress, and that may be one of the last scenes of the series. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. I would love to see Terrence Stamp actually on screen in the show. I mean, he definitely deserves it for everything he's put in. Yeah, completely. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a great question, Dave. We we really do want to see it, and I, I think that we will at some point. It's just a matter of time and a matter of how. So, yeah, Houston, I, when are you getting back down here? Um, I should be 
down there at the end of August. Uh, I know that we're planning on uh, attending a little event. Yeah, well, uh, I actually haven't mentioned that yet, so let me, I'll say it while you're on, on with this. Shu uh, got nominated for two Parsec Podcasting Awards that will be uh, at DragonCon in Atlanta, Georgia this year. We got Best Audio Production, and be- well, nominated for Best Audio Production, and Best Fan Podcast. And, Best uh, Audio Production? Yeah. They they didn't hear any of the early. Good thing we got rid of those earlier episodes. <laughs> the first 18 have been done away with. <laughs> uh, yeah, you and me and Graham, because uh, Tent Wonder got nominated for some awards too. Uh, the three of us will be in Atlanta, Georgia at Dragon Con uh, Labor Day weekend. That's August 31st through September 3rd. So we will definitely have some sort of House of L, Tent Wonder meetup. Uh, some yeah, sort of. Uh... We, we, it's a little late notice for us to have like a booth or anything, but we'll de- we're definitely happy to meet up with people. Uh, we, we'll have some kind of unofficial panel. We can do it. We, we, we'll do a live. I'll just go and say we'll do a live show there. We'll do a live show oh, from Dragon Con. All right. Uh, well, that, let's just throw that out there. That, well, that won't be hard at all. I got to just pick up this entire desk and take it with me. That shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Well, man, I'm ready for you to get back. The guys are ready for you to get back. They really missed us while we were in the zone. Uh, you know, it was a long, long, much-needed vacation after a year of this, but I, it felt good to get back into it, so I know it'll be like coming home to you when you get behind the microphone Oh, again. yeah, I can't wait. I've been trying to stay on the forums a lot more regularly since I'm not able to be on the show. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think uh, of all the Season 7 news so far? Uh, it's incredible. Uh, uh, I'm really excited that Dean Cain's going to not only be on the show, but play a villain. Yeah, well, and we'll go ahead and... Not only a, Oh, do you not? Have we not talked about this? Well, yet? I was going to say I actually wanted to. I was going to do the spoilers at the end, and I, this needs to be the end of the episode. So let's go ahead and talk about some spoilers. Yes, it was announced at Comic Con that Dean Cain will be playing a villain in episode four of the season. You know what I heard? What did you hear? Vandal Savage. He's been alive for years. I don't know about Vandal Savage. You think? Uh, that's, I heard that, you know, it might be like Brainiac where he has an alias for a while. And then, but yeah, a rumor I heard was quite possibly Vandal Savage. I could see that and I think it'd be pretty cool, but he's going to actually be playing a, uh, a Dr. Knox who, uh, can cure meteor freaks. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Especially the fact that not only is it Dean Cain in Smallville, and it's stunt casting for the fourth episode of the season, which is awesome. It's an episode called Cure, 704. Uh, it's stunt casting that early on in the season, but Dean Cain is playing a villain. How cool is that? That's excellent. I know. And then we've got some other news down the pipeline that Helen Slater, a.k.a. Supergirl, will be coming, oh, yeah. on, will be coming on playing, uh, as she quoted in an article, Supergirl's aunt. Now, if if you know your lineage, I would call Supergirl's aunt, Kara's aunt, Clark's mother. Right, so right. So that's yeah. a pretty good chance that we may be seeing in some sort of, because they can do flashbacks now. Kara was old enough on Krypton to know what was going on, that we could do a flashback to Krypton in Season 7, and we right. can see he- mm-hmm. and we can see Helen <laughs> Slater playing uh, Laura. Yeah. Or maybe she, like, knows something about the fortress that Clark doesn't and is able to, like, I don't know, get some video with that audio or something. <laughs> I don't know. No, you got to plug the switch in over here and see. <laughs> now you can actually see who you're talking to. That would be that would be pretty tight. I think uh, her would, having her on would be a big presence 
this year. Uh, they've also released uh, a full version of the poster that was seen at Comic-Con of Clark with Metropolis in the background behind him and uh, Supergirl flying in the foreground. Um, so that was really cool to see at Comic-Con. What else was all from Comic-Con? Uh, the announcement that Justin Hartley will be returning mid-season as the Green Arrow and will be bringing old and new members of the Justice League with him. That's the best news, in my opinion. Um, I mean, all this other news is great, but like the fact that this seems to now be the recurring storyline for, the, for these seasons is that is the Justice League continuing to form, you know... It seems like the season, like the show's really found a new direction, and it's it's definitely putting Clark on the track to becoming Superman. I think so too. I'm very happy about it. Maybe we'll get some more mole references in season seven. Uh, <laughs> you could never have too many moles, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but anyway, well, yeah, that's the big news out of Comic Con, and those and the action figures, which I talked about earlier, the uh, the new well, line of. Have you talked about Rosenbaum's possible departure? Or well, you know, tonight and I touched that on that a little bit about him leaving at the end of season seven, and, and you know, he was saying that um, that you know that Michael was contracted through, only through season seven, and that was it. And when tonight left, it was still up in the air, kind of whether or not he would be returning. I thought it was official that he was not coming back at all, but tonight says it's still up in the air, and it all kind of is all kind of based on how the first half of season seven goes. So there may be hope for some Lex in season eight. Well, I think the show is definitely on a major upswing, so hopefully that'll bode well for him coming back. I I feel the same way. Well, Houston, thanks for calling in, man. I'm ready for you to get back here. I'm sure everybody else is, too. 